the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the chief priests and elders of the people, What is your opinion? A man had two sons. He came to the first and said, Son, go out and work in the vineyard today. He said in reply, I will not. But afterwards changed his mind and went. The man came to the other son and gave the same order. He said in reply, Yes, sir, but did not go. Which of the two did his father's will? They answered, the first. Jesus said to them, Amen, I say to you. Tax collectors and prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God before you. When John came to you in the way of righteousness, you did not believe him. But tax collectors and prostitutes did. Yet even when you saw that, you did not later change your minds and believe him. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. Candidates for confirmation, please stand. Father Brian, I am pleased to present to you the candidates from Holy Family and Holy Rosary Parish. Sarah, have they been prepared and are they ready to receive this sacrament? These candidates have prepared for confirmation by participating in the sacramental life of the church by meditating on the word of the God, by attending religious classes, and by demonstrating Christian service. They have found strength in God's grace and support in our community's prayer and example. Now they ask to be confirmed, and after consultation with their teachers and parents, I testify that they are ready. Sponsors, please stand. My dear sponsors, the Christian life and the demands that flow from the sacraments are not to be taken lightly. Therefore, before granting these candidates the request to receive the sacrament of confirmation, it is important that the church also hear the testimony of their sponsors who have journeyed with them. And please respond with, they are. Are these candidates ready to be confirmed today? They are. And to the rest of the assembly, I ask you, my brothers and sisters, 
in this assembly. Should these, our brothers and sisters, be confirmed today? Yes. And so now speaking to my dear candidates. I, your pastor, your sponsors, your families and fellow parishioners have testified on your behalf. Are you ready now to receive the sacrament of confirmation? Yes, I am. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, what a great honor and a great joy to be gathered here today, especially with our candidates here that are all dressed up looking sharp. You probably took a shower this morning, which I have did it for a while. So, good. <laughs> Especially all the family and friends that have gathered from, from long ways and far off places. Again, what a great joy it is to be here. So after the home, we will actually begin the actual conferral of confirmation. As we call the Holy Spirit down, with the new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which they first received many, many years ago at their baptism. You know, looking around now, this is probably the, the most people I've ever been in a room since COVID started. <laughs> uh, probably for many of you, there's probably about close to I don't know, 80 people, more or less, gathered here today. What a great joy to finally see a filled room. Because isn't that been irritating since this whole COVID thing started, by the way? How separated we've, had, we've been from each other? Of course, it's you know, the precautions and this, and this pandemic that we're trying to work through. But that's been the hardest part, being separated from each other. Family members who haven't seen their grandkids, their parents, their kids for months. Teachers going crazy, students going crazy, longing just to be with their friends. But doesn't that not point to something deeper within the human heart? Because what I think this whole COVID pandemic has demonstrated, flat out and blaringly obvious to everybody, is just how fragile our world is. Do you see what has happened to us as a planet? So not just our little community here, but as a whole planet. Our entire planet has, gro has grounded to a halt. Economies collapsing. Sickness ravaging all the things that we've built up, which we think were so powerful. All it took was a little microscopic virus devastates our entire civilization. How fragile our lives are. Which leads again to a deeper question why I think ultimately at the end of the day, COVID is a wonderful gift. 
because it causes us to delve deeper. Yesterday, uh, during the rehearsal, our candidates, we, we practiced the rehearsal, and then we went over to the hall. We had a, a little refresher course on confirmation because we haven't met, you know, when everything shut down, of course, part of that was masses shutting down and all, all our religious classes shutting down. And we were hoping that all of this would just go away sooner, but it's still lingering. So we said, you know what, let's proceed with confirmation anyway, because we have no idea how long this is going to last. I mean, we pray it'll end swiftly, but the world seems to be getting crazier. So, so we need Jesus now more than ever. Huh? So we went over there, so we did a little refresher course just to kind of get to the heart, the nuts and bolts of what confirmation means. But before we delve into confirmation, I asked the kids. I said to them a very basic question. As young people, because their ages range, they're preteens to early teens, I asked them, what message are you getting from us that you need in order to be happy? Sounds a very basic question, isn't it? What are you hearing from us as a culture that in order to be, to be happy, you need certain things? So we, uh, we literally brought out a, a whiteboard. I said, all right, to be happy, what do you need? And so we started writing down all of, the, all of their answers. So the typical stuff. How many of you heard that you need money to be happy? They go, oh, yeah, money. I like, wrote money down on the board. How many of you need uh, to be popular? Oh, yeah to be popular. Wrote that on the board. And then I turned to the young ladies because I know there's a lot of pressure. I said, how about the message that in order for you to be happy, you need to look a certain way? Oh, yeah. They nodded. Yeah. So you got you to got be pretty, right? You got to be pretty to be happy. And then how about a, how about a car? And then the boys, yeah, you got you to have a nice car. <laughs> And Adrian said, what kind of car do you want, Adrian? He said, he didn't say a Toyota, Toyota Corolla. He didn't say that, no. He said a Lamborghini. So Joe and Colleen start saving up money, huh? Or, start, or get a job, Adrian. Get a job, huh? Seth, at least, was more, more practical. He wanted a Mustang, so a little, a little cheaper. So you need a car. All right, you need a car. All right, good, good, good. And then, I, and then after all, the, all of the answers were written on the, on the whiteboard, and so we went through it again. All right, how many of you have heard to be popular, you need it? And the hands raised up, and we marked it. How many hands went up? To be pretty, to look a certain way. Okay, mark it, how many hands went up? Big house, you need a big house. Yes, we need a big house. So big house, marked it, how many hands the kids wrote? Raised. And then I asked them, In order to be happy, how many of you have heard that you need God? <laughs> Quiet. A few hands went up, the holy kids. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, good. But when you compared, and we wrote God on the board, we wrote God, then you compared that to money. Guess what outweighed it? money. 
And I said, absolutely perfect. That's what I was aiming for. And I told the kids, I said, your generation, what you're hearing from us, that in order for you to pursue happiness, you just need to have these worldly values. And I said, this generation, you call it Generation Z, by the way, that's what sociologists has called you. I said, your generation that you're growing up with as, as a whole, so not just here in Porto, but as, as, a, as a nation, your generation, you're growing up in a culture which does not value God. All of the studies show this, by the way. The younger kids become, the less religious they become. The rise of the nuns, not nuns and habits, nuns but those who have no religious affiliation whatsoever, surpassed the number of Roman Catholics for the first time in history, over 70 million, and it's growing larger and larger by each generation. I said, you're growing up in a culture, your peers now, you're growing up in a, in a culture which says does not value God whatsoever. Rather, it's elevated being pretty. Elevated getting a nice car. Getting the big house. What is this? This rat race is endless pursuit of more and more and more. And with that value system, you know what the studies are also showing? And I challenge the young people. I said, your peers, your generation, because of these values that we're trying to inculcate into you, you're the most depressed, the most anxiety-ridden generation than we've ever seen in our entire nation. And I started off on that cheery note. (laughs) Why? Because I want to counter the message that they're getting every single day. Because on a good day, I see you once a week. (laughs) And I'm yelling at you at Mass every once a week. (laughs) But we're created for more. Adrian, Molly, Gus, Kate, Mia, Lily, Charlie, Dylan, Kate, Lily, Seth, Connor. Your value is more than your bank account, than your looks, than your popularity, than the size of your house. Hear that again from your father. You are more than your bank account, than your house, than your looks. You are more than that. You are created for better things. Don't believe the garbage that our society is trying to shove down your throat. Now here is the beautiful freeing message. 
We were created to be one with God. And that is hard to do. Let me now turn to their parents briefly. You know, all these beautiful kids here. There's Adrian, Molly, Kate, Lily, Seth, Adrian. I'm listening. Parents, do they listen to you all the time, 100% every single day? Do they all listen? Do, do, do they? Do they, do they do all their homework on time? Do they do the dishes? Do they do their chores? Do they listen to you 100% of the time? No. No. Right? Because as we know, we know, even though we love our families, we drive ourselves crazy. That's why family is so rough, which is why beautifully in the gospel today, what does Jesus say? He says, we have two sons. This beautiful parable. He says, one goes out, says, go on to the vineyard. And one says, I will not, and then, later on, he repents and he goes. The second son lies. Uh, is that a problem as with teenagers? Teenagers lie? No. The, first, the second one lies. He says, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, Dad, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go do it. What does he do? Who knows what he does? And Jesus asks, which one did, which one did my will? And he says, the first one. And then he challenged them. You see, the people that Jesus was talking to here, Jesus is in the temple. And he's speaking to the religious authorities. And he just challenged them. He just said to their face, you know who you are? You're the second one. You're the one who paid lip service to me. But the first ones are my true sons and daughters who did my will. And he says before all of you, speaking to the religious, the priests, and the scribes, he says, you know who's going to heaven first? And that, he said, that shocking line, just as you heard it today in the gospel, it would have shocked them as it shocked us. He says, amen, I say to you, before you, tax collectors and prostitutes are entering into heaven. What is the difference there? Because they repented. That, my friends, is the key to our relationship with God. Because we are all not saints. We are not all the best Catholics we can be. Not by, by any means. But rather, what the Lord wants to, wants to instill in us, He says, I've created you for a relationship, not just for here on earth, but rather with life with me. And I know you're not perfect. But when you repent now, we can enter back into that relationship. See, that's our truest identity, sons and daughters of our Heavenly Father. That is free. And in that beautiful song which we heard today, it says, Lord, your law is perfect, refreshing the soul. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. For wanton sin, especially restrain your servant. Let it not rule over me. And I shall be blameless and innocent of serious sin. I know you, dear young people, are not perfect. But we have a God that is merciful. And he does not care about the other things. 
rather just you. And to strengthen you now in your relationship with him, to pursue him in a few moments, and I'm done yapping at you. <laughs> we will call down the gift of the Holy Spirit upon you to strengthen you in your faith. So in that way, you will achieve your truest happiness. Heaven. Heaven is our truest goal. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.